The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You hear that music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters, well, let me just say to you, <laughs> what matters is what's said in the locker room stays in the locker room. <laughs> what is said in the locker room during the time when only the team and administration is in the locker room is only for those ears and eyes to absorb, and to be privy to. It's none of your business. (laughs) It is none of your business. What is said in the locker room stays in the locker room. Of course, I'm sure all of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You, like uh, myself and and millions around the country, uh, saw some football games this past uh, weekend, and, and listen, uh, I'm just going to give credit where credit is due. It was, it was good football. It was good football. I think uh, perhaps maybe there was a time where um, we we might have thought things might have went a certain way for those Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I mean for those Texans, but uh, you know, it's just you know it's meant to be or it's, or it's not meant to be, and you do the best you can and. You know, what the hell? You know, but listen, I don't even want to talk about that. All I really want to talk about, and I want to spend time on this because I think some people need to understand, because I've had these type of conversations with people in the past, and there, there tends to be, I don't know if it's a misunderstanding, but it, it certainly is something whereas it's a different culture. And, and I, I just have tried to explain it in the best way I possibly could, but some people just have a a hard time accepting the fact that in sports, there is this sacred ground that is the locker room and things that go on and take place within this sacred ground is, is to be kept there. There, there. there actually are things that are to be taken to your grave. That if there was nobody in the locker room or not a member of that fraternity that would understand it, it's never supposed to be spoken, spoken, if you will, to those individuals that do not in, understand. It, it's hard to explain. And I will say this to you. Some of it is even such that once you've been a part of that locker room and you yourself have experienced that, you walk away from that experience a changed individual. Sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's negative, the impact that it may have on you. But it affects you in such a way 
that either you embrace it or you walk away with it scarred and you hope and pray that it never happens to your son. And so let me just take this a little bit a step further, because also what happens in this locker room, it not only affects you, but it affects others. And so there is this. It's almost like a secret society, if you will, where you, you don't take an oath, but you take an oath that, you know, it's almost like when you put your hand on the Bible and you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. When you're in a locker room, it's almost like you, you swear that whatever happens or is said or seen in this, it stays here. It's not for the general public. And I, you know where I'm going with this. You know, I'm, I'm going down the road of today's opportunity to have a platform called social media where an individual can take a picture, a video, capture an audio, and at his or her disposal, in this case, well, women do have locker rooms too, so his or her disposal, and they can put that out there in the public. Now, one thing that I, I certainly understand is I understand that this incident of which I'm talking about that occurred inside of the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room in the midst of a celebration of which, you know, some people might feel as if, okay, well, no real big deal, but other people feel a little bit different. Um, but certainly in, in the midst of a celebration, um, you know, we, we, we capture, or not we, because you guys know we didn't do it. <laughs> but uh, Brother Brown captures Coach Tomlin's comments. And he shares those comments with thousands of people on Twitter. Now there's been on ESPN millions of people. And in doing it, Antonio, of course, knew exactly what he was doing. But in doing it, what he did is he invaded the privacy of not just Coach Tomlin, but some other people in the locker room as well. And, and, and all of a sudden, there could be this pristine culture, if you will, of the Pittsburgh Steelers that could have been tarnished a little bit. You know, Coach Tomlin is already fighting this if he's a great coach or if he's not a great coach battle between him and Terry Bradshaw, if you will. Coach Thomas just out there trying to do his job. Coach, you know, Terry Bradshaw's, you know, still got this thing on his shoulders where, you know, I guess he is the judge all on who's great and who's not when it comes to coaches. Hell, I think it's kind of hard to, for anybody to find themselves as a great coach in football in the modern day era of football today when Bill Belichick is still on the sidelines. <laughs> Who else is a great? There is no other great coaches right now. <laughs> Can't be. He, he is the man. But let me just say this. Coach Tom is on his way. He's on that road. Super Bowl win, and he'll go down as one of the greatest ever. He would have won enough Super Bowls to say that. He would have been in enough uh, playoffs to say that. But let me go back to Coach Tomlin and the fact that he was compromised by Antonio Brown. That's, that's one thing that I want to say because I think on the big boy shows, they kind of, woo, they, they went over real fast, real, real fast. And they didn't stop there because Coach Tomlin talked about he understands and he accepts the responsibility. Now, I'm not going to say at all times I accept and I, you know, the responsibility. 
Because every now and then you just want to be a grown-ass man. And you just want to say what you want to say the way you want to say it. You don't want to be politically correct because what you're saying is right. And you want people to feel the wrath of your words. So you say it in such a way where, okay, I get it. They're they, they, they going to get this too. And in his press conference, he certainly expressed himself that way. But prior to going in great detail of, about how he felt Antonio was wrong, he also said a couple words about the fact that he understood he has a responsibility. He is indeed embraced this thing of, as, as, as a role model. Uh, the language that he used, uh, those people in that locker room are accustomed to that. The little 10-year-old, 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old Pittsburgh Steeler fan or Pittsburgh Steeler wannabe football player does not know that about Coach Tomlin. That was not the way to share that side of Coach Tomlin via social media. There, there could be some money on the table for him. I'm sure he wasn't thinking like that, but I'm going to take it a step further. There could be some money on the table for him. That could be a characteristic flaw in some people's eyes. Ooh, he talks like that? These locker rooms that are the National Football League, that are Major League Baseball, that are NBA, there are certain things that are said and done that in other industries is not permitted. I don't know who wrote the rules. I, I, I doubt that you could be in any other. See, the locker room is still an extension of the office of football, if you will. Yeah, you got the executive offices upstairs. But when you come downstairs, it's almost in my days when I worked for Ford Motor Company. There, of course, was the were the administrative offices. I worked in the mill. I was out there grabbing that steel, putting it up, smashing it, getting rid of it. But we had our administrative offices where they wore their suit and their ties. They went home. They worked from 9 to 5. I worked midnights when I was in school. Now, let me just go back to the locker room. There is administrative offices. Jerry, boy, Jerry's world. Oh, my God. I think Jerry just opened. I saw a special where um, Michael Irvin was talking to Jerry Jones, and it was the first time he had visited Jerry's new offices uh, down there in Frisco, Texas. And, of course, the new digs were <laughs> breathtaking. Well, the fact of the matter is they also have a locker room. Now, <laughs> understand this. The locker rooms are breathtaking. They are, uh, they are outstanding. They, there are some places where you would be, your jaw would drop when you would see these places and how beautiful they are. But, but they certainly are sacred. What's said in those locker rooms are sacred. You don't repeat it. If you do, it's amongst the fraternity members that were there. You don't share that with the world because now you're compromising your fellow teammate, your coaches, and your team. We just don't. That's an, that's an invasion. That is like, you know, I, I'm sure Coach Tomlin was, from what I saw this morning on the Big Boy Show, he was pretty upset. Because I was said, now nah, you got a personality. You don't, you really, that's such a character flaw. You don't know if you could ever trust that person. Very similar to one time I went recently having a business meeting, and I'm sitting down with this gentleman. And 
you know, his phone is, you know, face towards me or whatever, but I'm really not paying attention to him. I get home, I'm on Facebook, and I see he got a picture of me at this meeting with him, and he's taking a picture of me that he's posted up on Facebook. Now, he didn't ask permission. I would have, I don't think I would have granted him permission like that, but we could have, and I think later on we may have taken one together. But again, he grabbed me real fast. Hey, we're going to take this up before it was over. He did. Next thing I know, it's on Facebook. But listen, Facebook is not the place to put your coach. You don't expose your coach like that. Coach Tomlin has, he has one image that he portrays, and then when he's at work, he's got another image. It happens all the time. If those of you who are working and you take your attitude from work to your home, you probably ain't going to be married too long. You're going to have some problems because the way you handle your business at work, you are an employee. At home, you're a father, you're a mother, you're a husband, you're a wife. You're not an employee. You handle your business differently. So I, I, I just want you guys to understand the impact. And I'm going to keep talking about this a little bit because there, this is not like the Giants. You know, what Odell Beckham did is totally different than what Antonio has done here. I think what Antonio done is a little bit more damaging in terms of the relationship between the player and the coach than it is what happened with those guys last week, uh, whenever the Giants, you know, went on their boat party. But anyway, I think what I'm going to do is I think i got to take a break and then I'm going to come back. So I'll tell you what, let's take this break. You listen to Rail the Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll take this break and we'll be right back. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. You bet.com's playing to win presented by the daily racing form. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the daily racing form or click on playing to win at you your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and uh, <clears throat> I, I just wanted to, you know, and I've been doing this since the start of the show, is just um, share my perspective and, you know, what matters to me is what is in the locker room stays in the locker room. What happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. And 
you know, part of the reason why I do this and, and I comment on certain things, you know, because on the big boy shows, you see all the other stuff. They talk about the numbers and all that. And sometimes we go deep into that. But there's some other small things sometimes that you need to address because they're relevant to a game. And, you know, you talk about Antonio Brown and, you know, and what he was doing after the game and how that could become somewhat. Because we talked about the word distractions a couple weeks ago. And it may have been last week. And certainly um, it's one of those things whereas there are certain things that are distractions. And I said as, as we went to that break, I, I talked about the fact that this was similar to Odell Beckham's distraction with this beast. Odell Beckham's distraction, if you will, let's think about it like this. That distraction had a lot to do, had a lot to do with the preparation of the game. There were people that felt that Odell Beckham and his comrades, that they took a couple days, whereas they could have spent those days some extra time in the weight room, getting treatment, getting some extra film, catching some balls, working out a little bit extra. Instead, they chose to go on an extended Vacation, if you will. A couple extra hours than they normally would because they're down, you know, hanging out, you know, in Florida. Now, in this particular case, there's an incident where somebody in the locker room, Antonio Brown, is filming the comments of Coach Tomlin. He captures that content, then he uploads it. Now, here's the thing about it. When he captured the content and he uploaded it, okay, he was in the locker room. It was after the game. It was, it was basically he compromised the organization, the team, and all those folks. But he probably was working out on Monday. He probably was watching film on Monday. He probably was getting some treatment on, on Monday. See, he was still preparing himself for the game. That incident Compared to the other incident, now what that incident does do, though, is it now raises the level of concern within the locker room as to the coach is now going to make sure, hey, I want to make sure, first of all, from now on, I want all my coaches, trainers, and everybody else, everybody, when I say up, everybody's up. He wants to see everybody up. Those of you who have been in the locker room, you know what that means, everybody up, you know. So he's got everybody in his vision. There will be no more cell phones. Coach Solomon might come up with a rule. That, listen, no cell phones allowed in the locker room, period. No usage of cell phones in this locker room, period. He might do that. Now, when the media comes in, that's something totally different. But he might do that. Why? Because he felt as if he was compromised. There's things that coaches say that he, they don't want other people to hear them say that. You don't care about the, you know, of course, every player who's ever played in the National Football League and that plays now, and at college and universities, they know damn well that when you're talking about the other team, there's, there's going to be some, you know, some language that's used to describe them, their children other than children of God, when coaches are talking about them, just like they talk about you sometimes. But you don't necessarily want the other team to hear what you say. You, you just don't want that. When You know, you, there is, and again, uh, there is sometimes a message that is at least it is somewhat structured 
by the comments that the coach makes after a game in terms of how we're going to go about our business as we face our opponent. You then take that, you know, he's kind of set the ground rules for it. He's shaped it a little bit for your message. So, you you know, you got a, uh, a constructed message on how you want to address, you know, your opponent this week. And, and, and you could normally hear the same things from most of the guys. They, it's embellished a little bit. They had their own little flavor to it. But the coach basically will, you know, he will structure that message and, and you'll go with it from there. But after the game, after a victory, and you and you now have the opportunity to go to the next level deep down into the playoffs, and you've been faced with some adversity, uh, uh, basically uncontrolled adversity. That was an act of God, the weather, and, and then, you know, deciding to – uh, do and shout out to the National Football League for taking in consideration what was best for the safety of the fans. That's why that game was uh, delayed, um, but they did that, and uh, and it turned out the best thing. Uh, so certainly, uh, it's a situation now where it's okay. Coach Tom is going to express what he's got to say about getting ready for the next team. Yeah, this other team is at an advantage because they've got some extra time because of Mother Nature. Uh, but they've got some extra time. So he explains in, in a way of which is the way he wants to explain as a grown-ass man. But he's talking to his team. And as much as you, you, you've seen, there's a time for all this because there's going to be a Super Bowl. And when the Super Bowl, once that gun goes off and you win, it's time to take the cameras out. It's time to capture whatever is said in that special moment. That, that's okay. You got a green light for that. One other thing that Coach Thomas said is that there were laws, there were rules, there were regulations, and he knew that there were team rules and there were NFL rules, and he said Antonio knew that he broke them both. And so as a consequence, you know, what's going to happen, it's going to cost. We will see now <laughs> how much it costs when you compromise what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. I wonder how much it's going to cost when you let something out the locker room that's not supposed to come out the locker room. The league is going to find him because, again, the league has a, a thing whereas they are to be the first to release information on the National Football League. And they don't even let the media into the locker room until X amount of minutes after the game. So they can't even capture any of that that is real time. Right after the game, they don't very some they get a chance to capture that. There will come a time where they'll let the media in, and the coach may still be talking, but then that's their time, you know, because when that time comes, they want to get in, and they may capture the coach saying a few things, or the NFL has their cameras in the locker room, and they will then release some stuff of the coach, you know, congratulating this team, telling them we got to go on to the next level, blah blah blah, you know. But but of course they're gonna all them explain, they're gonna get all that other language out of there. That's not appropriate. So that's what that Mike Tomlin. Listen, he didn't. He, he listen. He there was nothing wrong with what he was saying as a football coach and a football player. Myself as a former player, what he said was nothing. But the fact that it was captured and put up on social media that bothered him. He had a right to be bothered. It's not the time. We're supposed to be zeroed in, two guys getting ready to go to the next level. But it's over with. They're gonna deal with it. It's gonna cost them some money. Like I said, he's going to punish Antonio, but he's not going to punish his team. My interpretation of that is this. The team and, of course, the league will find him. 
but he will not set him for the first quarter. He will not sit him for the first series. He will not sit him at all. He, he will play. <laughs> Believe me, he will play. And uh, so those of you who are out there uh, that are betting on the game, uh, don't worry. It's not going to be a situation where you think that uh, you're going to lose some points because the production is going to be off. No, he will be there. But as Coach said, it was foolish, it was selfish, and it was inconsiderate. So um, that, 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 let's just move on, if you will, because uh, that, that was something that I wanted to say that. And the reason why I wanted to spend so much time on because it's so important, particularly because the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, the running game, the passing game, the running game, could you believe the running game? Now, I've heard of patient runners, but I, just like I believe it was Chris Collinsworth that, uh, you know, somebody, I forget who was calling the game. It may, may have been Chris. But it was brought to our attention the patience that Le'Veon Bell had with letting the holes open up. And, and, and the commentator said exactly what I was thinking. There is no way in the world that – a coach would normally allow a person to do that. I can hear him now. I'm on internet radio, I can, I, so I can say this. They'd be like, get your ass up in the hole. Hit the hole. Run the ball. Stop pity-patting around in the backfield. That's what would be said. Le'Veon Bell has, I, I guess because he's, he does it so well, he has been allowed the opportunity to run the ball. And, and I'm going to say this to you. I guarantee you that right now, Franco Harris is going to say, this is nothing new. As a matter of fact, I would love for anybody to, excuse me, go back and watch how Franco Harris ran the football. Le'Veon Bell, it's almost like I think he's sitting down with Franco Harris every week. I don't know why these people out here act like they've never seen this before. Like, oh, this is, oh, this is, this is genius. This has never happened in the history of the football. no. But what I said, the majority of coaches would be saying, hit the damn hole, get up in there, you know, right off the butter tackle. Franco Harris ran the ball the same way, the same way. Just look at him. Go back and take a look at it. NFL Films. Go just just Google for those of you who are too young to know of Franco Harris. Please Google Franco Harris running back Pittsburgh Steelers. He, by the way, was a teammate of Terry Bradshaw. Uh, but go check that out and, and watch Franco's running style and tell me how much different, other than the fact that Franco was a little taller, you know, and maybe a little bit bigger, uh, although Le'Veon is, is, is shorter and he's concise, you know, he's packed, he, he's lost some weight, but still. Uh, but look at him. Same running style. Franco's legs was longer and high step and all that stuff. But in terms of how they hit the hole on their way to the hole, check it out. There'll be resemblance of, wow, okay, at least the, the, the time that they take, the patience that they show to let the hole develop, let the guy, big fellas, move somebody out the way, and then they show you a burst. Look at it. And I guarantee you'll say, well, damn, that's right. This is, this is nothing new. This, is, this may be the Pittsburgh way. It certainly is a way for when it's cold outside. Let the big fellas get to other guys who don't want to be in that cold weather anyway, let them push them out the way and then you go ahead and take off. But what you're seeing now is a throwback, if you will. We don't have to wait till Thursday. You know how you do that on Facebook. We don't have to wait till Thursday. We got some throwback running back going on right now with, <laughs> with my man Le'Veon Bell 
running the pill. That's what we call it, running the pill for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he's doing a damn good job. So uh, the Steelers were doing everything they needed to do this past weekend, with the exception a little early celebration of what that is what that was. But we got a great game coming up. The Pittsburgh Steelers will be playing those New England Patriots. And we got another good game that I want to talk about that happened last weekend. How about them Cowboys? Well, they didn't get it done, but I thought they looked pretty good even in a loss. We're going to take a break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Right here, the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, what matters? What matters is what is said in the locker room stays in the locker room. And if it doesn't, we're going to find out how much it costs because my man Antonio Brown will be writing a check. I'm really interested in how much that's going to cost him. I'm going to say, I'm going to start off with, mm, I'm going to say $15,000. I'm just going to go $15,000. Now, combined, it may be as high as twenty five because the league's going to find him and then uh, the team is going to find him. So I'm starting off 15 on the low end, 25 on the high end. But uh, there was another game that was really interesting to me. And, I, you know, I guess the part that interests me as much as the game, and it was a great game, the Dallas Cowboys – of course, uh, you know, went up against the uh, Atlanta Falcons. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> forgive me. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys went up against Green Bay Packers, that bad man, Aaron Rodgers. And it was a damn good game. I mean, I, I really wasn't, I was entertained throughout the entire game. Uh, what bothers me, because I'm, I'm a defensive back, I, I don't like when, people in the secondary are the ones who are, you know, I don't want to say they lose the game or they lost the game because, but we're, we're the kind of people where the truth is the truth. Somebody blew a coverage. You know, you take your eye off your man, you, you, you're not watching him, and next thing you know, Aaron Rodgers is scrambling out of pocket, he's making a throw, you know, and there's a little bit of time on the clock, and then they're kicking the field goal and you lose, and the game's over. Man, that stays with you for the rest of your life. It don't stay with you for, you know, when it's playoff time, that stuff stays with you for the rest of your life. When your college is your last game, it's a bowl game, you, you remember that for the rest of your life. When it's just a regular season, uh, it's just regular season. It's just a game. 
I'll talk about just the game when I talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers if we get a chance to. But here's all I want to say. Because this is more important than the game. Is Jerry Jones really? Come on, Jerry. I know you got a you 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 wrote him a check. I'm talking about Tony Romo. You wrote him a check. Jason Gary, you, you, you he's your coach. But I, I just I'm just wondering, you know, what it is. You said during you being Jerry Jones, you said earlier in this playoff, towards the end of the season, that Tony Romo kind of let you off the hook. You you said that. Tony let us off the hook. Tony let me off the hook. Tony let everybody off the hook by stepping up and saying that Dak Prescott has done enough. He's played well enough to be our quarterback. You said Tony let you off the hook. There is no way in the world that I, any team, any coach I've ever played for in my life, I played for some of the greatest to ever coached the game. There is no way in the world a coach that I played for that at the end of that game that you guys just played this past weekend, after the performance that that quarterback has shown the world all year long, that America now has a quarterback because you call them America's team. And, and the head coach not even have the fortitude to step up to say that Dak is our quarterback. There are no questions. Dak is our quarterback. For him to hesitate and not to affirm that Dak is the quarterback, why would you have an employee and treat him like that if he is supposed to be your head coach? He can't be the head ball coach like that. Everybody in the world knows that Dak deserves to be the head coach, I mean, the, the starting quarterback. Why is there any conversation about Tony Romo? I, I can't believe that a reporter would even, after the way, when Dak left the field, they should have won the game. Bottom line, the defense just didn't do their job. Dak won the game for you. And then why would a, why would a reporter even think about asking, what did I'm wondering what did that reporter see that I didn't see, that there's even a question of who the hell is the Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback? Really? I mean, for me, that is just so puzzling. When you when you talk about chemistry within a team, and when you got your the best player on your team, because in my mind, this young man was really in the conversation of most valuable player. I don't, I don't know why all of a sudden he kind of faded a little bit at the end. I think he threw one interception in the playoffs, maybe, and that might have been a tip ball. Well, uh, obviously he threw another one in, in this, in this uh, pass game as well, but that was a bad play call because obviously they see you, you should have on the sideline you should have called timeout. Hell, I saw I'm watching TV and I'm seeing the defensive back reading the play, and and you can't call a timeout on the sideline. But here here's the thing: what I want to say, if you're talking about team chemistry, and I understand that everybody. Everybody has to perform. Nobody's job is safe. That's a lot of bullshit. There are players' jobs. You can't tell me LeBron James' job isn't safe. You can't tell me Steph Curry's job isn't safe. You can't tell me Tom Brady's job isn't safe. You can't tell me Aaron Rodgers' job isn't safe. I'm telling you the way Dak Prescott played this year, his job should be safe. If it's not, do, do us a favor, Jerry. Don't. Don't let him compete 
with Tony, since you think you got two quarterbacks and you can only start one at a time, why don't you do this? Why don't you let Dak go someplace else? Just do that for us. Because if you, if you continue to treat this young man, you know, mentally that ain't, that's just not right. You know, quarterbacks are one of those few. I've always been one that felt that quarterbacks should be treated like pitchers, starting pitchers. I don't know why they can't be. You've got some receivers on the field that nowadays, you know, generations have changed. But they used to alternate wide receivers. Now a receiver can catch a pass and just, you know, tap out and come, somebody else come in for him. No big deal. Receivers used to never come out of the game. Running backs used to not come out of the game. But in baseball, if the starting pitcher is just is, he's having a bad day, you may have him, you know, projected to go four innings, five innings, six innings, seven innings. Maybe maybe get a chance to get a you know no hitter, and if he you, you'll keep him all the way to the eighth, and if somebody gets a hit, then you'll take him out because you want him to get that no hitter. But if he is getting blown out from the third inning, you take him out. You take him out, you put somebody else in, that's okay. But it's just a bad day at the office. But a quarterback, if a quarterback throws three interceptions in the first half, hey, take him out, he's having a bad day, let somebody else finish it. What's wrong with that? You don't do that because, you know, mentally they, they're fragile. If a cornerback getting burned three or four times, and somebody, you know, Michael Irvin back in the day was just killing somebody. You know, this, this year it could be, you know, Odell Beckham could just be killing somebody. Three touchdowns on him. You don't take the corner out. Why? Because you're worried about his psyche. You know, so you are aware of the fact that I'm suggesting quarterbacks should be able to do take and not be taken out after having a bad day. But you don't do that because, you know, there is, you know, this mental, you know, capacity that they have is only so much for them to understand that we, we ain't really messing with your ego. So we understand you're just going to have to have a real bad day. We'll just run the ball, let you hand it off. But at the same time, you want to mess with this boy, Dak, Dak Prescott's head like, well, you know, you might think you got this job, but you don't really have this job. This, this is Tony's job. I, I, I just I, I know I went on a rant on that one, but I just I just I just for whatever reason or another, uh, this thing with Jerry Jones is just it's hard for me to really understand it. <laughs> so because of that, I have to spend a little bit of time on that. But uh, I, I, w- I will say this. The Dallas Cowboys impressed me with the exception of I, I watched this game very carefully because I wanted to see this. As, as they say on the big boy show, this accident that's waiting to happen. Where is it at? What part of this vehicle, if you will, has a deficient part on it? Is it front-wheel drive, back-wheel drive, four-wheel drive, you know, whatever? <laughs> but you know what it is? It's their defensive line. Now, I'm going to tell you, one thing that I've noticed about the National Football League over the years is that the defensive linemen are basically either – Outside linebackers or tight ends, really, that got speed, they can go. They can go. Defensive linemen can run like running backs, with the exception of the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys, I saw one time where a lineman exploded into the backfield and was able to, you know, make a stop for a loss of yardage. But other than that, I didn't see any explosion off the end. I didn't see that. I didn't see an explosion up the middle. The defensive linemen with speed and quickness and agility, 
They do not have that in Dallas. You're not going to be Aaron Rodgers like that. If you don't have somebody, and you know, really, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking about it. I see that when you are going to play against the Atlanta Falcons, it's going to be a little bit different. You're going to have some defensive linemen with some mobility, with some agility, <laughs> with some skills like you need to have today, particularly with the quarterback's ability to just, they're, they're so mobile, they're so fluid. And, and Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers basically, this week and last week, he actually put on a clinic to show you how to stay active in the pocket. You know, it was up, it was back, it was sideways, it was, you know, turn and go, you know, eyes down the field, keep your head up. And Rodgers, he just put on a clinic. And, of course, that last drive, I, I just, I, I hurt for the Cowboys for the first time in my life, really. You know, I, I hurt for the Cowboys because I'm going to say, I really thought going into that game, just not studying the Dallas Cowboys defensive linemen enough, I would have to say that I, I truly went into that game thinking that that bad man was about to have a bad day. Uh, now, one thing I would also say about the Cowboys, of course, Claiborne, uh, you know, the Cowboys' uh, secondary is a little bit suspect, too. Cowboys got a lot of work they need to do on defense. The Cowboys' problems are not on offense, with the exception of Jerry Jones thinks there's some quarterback competition. They got a great offensive lineman, the best, uh, great offensive line in the national, the best in the National Football League, I believe, currently. Uh, I think. I'm going to say it. I think they got the best running back in the National Football League. There's nobody else. LeVon Bell, yeah, but, you know, I don't have to flip a coin. <laughs> Just give me Zeke and I'm good, okay? I think they got the best um, running back in the National Football League. And, uh, and Dak, they, got, they certainly got the best young quarterback in the National Football League in Dak. Prescott. Best young quarterback, you know, uh, probably going to be offensive rookie of the year. Uh, they, they, they may split that. I think he and Zeke both deserve that. So they may split that. But when you go to the defensive side of the ball, they got some problems. They, 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 got, they got some problems. Special teams, they, they got some problems. You know, when's the last time Dallas had a real serious threat at punt return, kickoff return? It's all aspects of your game. All aspects of your game, when you win, all aspects of your game have to, you, have, you have to have. If you don't, then you're going to be you're going to suffer. You're not going to win. It's just not. It's just not going to happen. So Dallas is going to have to address defense big time and offseason big time, defense alignment big time. They're going to have to make some make some moves, make some trades. Uh, to move up in the draft, you know, because I think it's best to you know go through the draft, get what you need through the draft. And there's a couple people out there uh, that certainly can help the Dallas Cowboys. But the, the Dallas Cowboys first need to help themselves. And Jerry Jones just needs to move aside, Jerry. Jerry, we love you for what you've done for the game, man. We're just, listen, sometimes you need to be protected from your own self. And we thought you did that, Jerry, when you, we thought you inserted your son into your position. <laughs> but you're still answering all the questions. And uh, you're the person that we think, Jerry, could be the problem with the Cowboys not getting back to where you like to see them at. You just got to protect them from you. And you guys may do it. We're going to take a break and come back. This is the Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. 
I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Right, you get a good you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And oh, okay, let me just say this: uh, what matters to me is what's said in the locker room, stays in the locker room, and it's only for those in the locker room, not for mass media, social media. No, it's for us fellas. So I think I've <laughs> said it enough, but. It was foolish, it was selfish, it was inconsiderate. Those are the words that were used by Coach Mike Tomlin. Now, let me, if you will, um, just take the chance to explain to you that, you know, there's certain aspects of my life that I feel that um, I can take the liberty of doing certain things because of my experience, uh, because of, you know, what I've earned throughout the life, you know, and, and this whole thing about sports, you know, many times you hear guys that used to play sports and people said, oh, they need to let it go. You know, they living in the past and all that. L- let me just say this to you about sports. Sports is an industry of which it has no lifespan. It goes from the cradle to the grave. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm from Stark County, Ohio, the Hall of Fame city of Canton, Ohio. And, and our arch rivals is a school up the street and they call themselves the Mouse and Tigers. The Mouse and Tigers, when a boy is born in the city, in the hospital, they insert a football in the crib because it's all about football, okay? That's from the cradle. Uh, In the grave, many times when those people and other people die and start counting around the world, uh, I heard um, Brian Dawkins uh, was almost in tears as he was acknowledging the fact that uh, he was elated about the fact that he could possibly be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Uh, he is a um, first-time ballot, and uh, he—I believe he will—he will make it. Uh, but he acknowledged the fact that one of the things, the most touching things in his life he's ever experienced, is the acknowledgement that there were people that had been uh, buried, and their desire were to be buried with his jersey on. I gave an example of the cradle to the grave. And so throughout that time, uh, there is room for 
various opportunities in this industry of sports to participate. And, and I've been blessed to be able to do something in, in an industry uh, that I love. And, and so part of what I'm allowed to do is, and what I take the liberty to do, is to help those who are uh, anticipating, hoping, and dreaming to be a student athlete and a professional athlete. And that journey, it needs the support and assistance from those who have been there and done that. You know, that's part of what I just got finished speaking about when I talked about what happens in the locker room. There's a reason why there are fines. There are reasons why a coach feels betrayed when, when he, or compromised when an athlete would capture, you know, his words that were specifically for his team and nobody else and then put them up on social media. You know, there are things that if you've never experienced them before, uh, then you can only have access and somehow have that experience if it's a shared experience with somebody. If you've never played college football or you never played professional football, then the only way you really could experience the totality of it is if somebody who's been there to share that with you. Uh, I think there is a tremendous need for people who have played college athletics in particular um, to, to be there to support those future and current college athletes. I, uh, I wrote a paper in school about I believe that, um, that there is no doubt an obligation um, that the National Football League and colleges have. Uh, they have a social responsibility to student athletes and professional athletes based upon these agreements that they have. And I don't know if they always hold up to them. Well, right now there's one out there, and, and there's an article, if you will, in the USA Today uh, but I certainly have my own perspective. I don't, I'm not even reading the article. I'm just acknowledging that you could find uh, something that perhaps maybe would, would uh, at least address the issue that I'm about to talk about uh, in, in college sports. And that means uh, how in the world can anybody participate in, and not have any representation? You know, the, the, there are things that are happening to college athletes uh, that should not happen uh, but they don't have a platform to negotiate. The NC2A are bullies. I mean, they just—they're just. I guess it's the—it's the mafia of 2017, and and they're running college football. There is no way in the world we have three athletes on a team on a team in Oregon, University of Oregon football team, that as a result of a workout, three athletes spend multiple days in the hospital. They have no representation. In the NFL, at least through the collective bargaining agreement, we have a union who says, guess what? They only can work out. They can only go to work on the football field. They can only be there for so many hours during the week. They can only practice in full gear so many days of the week. We have a, a union that negotiates on our behalf. I spoke to my good friend, shout out to my good friend, Guy Troop. I, I suggested to him, I said, you know, can we investigate the child labor laws? Because these kids are obviously being taken advantage of for whatever, for whatever reason they chose. I, I you know, listen, it's just an example, but I remember watching uh, uh, Denzel watches the movie. Uh, Denzel had a movie, and I, I think it might have been uh, Remember the Titans. He must have woke them dudes up way before the crack of dawn 
took him out running in the rain and all that stuff. Coaches can do whatever they – now, he was giving an example. It was a movie based upon a true story. But coaches can do whatever they want to do. I just got finished telling you about the locker room. <laughs> the way they communicate is such that it only happens in the locker room. But I also said to you, it's one of those things whereas you – Mm, you deal with it, you accept it, but you hope your son doesn't experience it. What's going on right now, I, I, I push myself when I played, you know, to, as far as I could push myself. But I push myself further than I ever would have wanted my children to push themselves. Right now, the University of Oregon, it, 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 these young men, you know, if they say something, they're wrong, but nobody's going to say anything for them. Of course they're going to say, everybody's on the team is going to say, hey, that's okay. We got a new coach. We want to push ourselves harder because we've experienced a national championship game that we lost. We got to push ourselves harder. We saw, you know, this national championship game going out to the last second of the game. We know we got to be better. We got to be stronger all the way to the end of the game. So they want to push harder. What else are they going to say? Maybe somebody anonymous may, may come in and, and, and give you some information and, and see, you know, the mistreatment of these athletes. To me, if three guys go to the hospital, that's mistreatment of athletes. I have never in my life, my 57 years on this earth, never have I ever seen three football players go to the hospital as a result of conditioning. They didn't even practice. They didn't have football equipment. They, they, didn't, they, get, they didn't get injured. On the football field, they weren't hitting conditioning. Now, and they're talking military style. Okay, l let me just stop and say this too. We can do all we want to do. We can say all we want to say. Okay? Football is not war. I used to say that. I used to be, hey, man, we can ready to go to war. It's not war. So if it's not war, I will just say this. You know, the, the mindset is it's us against them. That's, I'm assuming, I got a brother who's been in the military. I, I was never in the military. It's us against them. But the preparation for the us against them is not that you're, you're not going to train me the way the dudes train. They're going, ah. And they're not going to train the way we train. They, they don't put helmets on and, you know, you line up here, I line up here, boom, we go. They don't, they don't do that. We don't take out our guns and they don't teach us how to shoot. Okay? So it's, it's, it, the preparation is, is different. We're not talking about that. So this training that you bring, if it's got some military training or what, get rid of him. You're playing football. Train the guys to get the bodies ready for football. They ain't survival. They, they ain't no survival. You know, they're going to be out in the, in the boondocks just, just trying to, you know, survive. Come on. That ain't, that's not what they're doing. There's, there's, there's a 30 seconds between each play. Sometimes you get it all, sometimes you and hurry up and you only get five seconds, three seconds, two, whatever. But there is representation that is needed for these dudes that are playing for the University of Oregon and for every NC2A school in this country. We need representation for these guys now, not later, now. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. 
For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.